Hi, my name is Jonathan Silk, my Hot 45 Class Rock Podcast, Episode 1. On this episode, we'll be talking about Pink Floyd, so thanks for tuning in. Hope you all enjoy, and let's get started. To start off, I'd like to first introduce the members. We have Sid Barrett on lead guitar and vocals, who was later replaced by David Gilmore in 1968 due to mental health and drug issues. Then we have Roger Waters on the bass, guitar, and vocals. Next, we have Mason on the drums and percussion, and finally, we have Rick Ryder, Rich Ryder on the keys or keyboard. Now, we all know they're from the UK, but I want to talk more specifically where they're from in the UK. We have both Sid Barrett and David Gilmore, who are from Cambridge, England. We have Roger Waters, who's from Great Britain, United Kingdom. Then we have Nick Mason, who's from Edge Bash in Birmingham, United Kingdom. And lastly, we have Rick Ryder, who's from Hatchin, United Kingdom. They got their name Pink Floyd from two blues musicians, Pink Anderson and Floyd Council. Sibera had come up with the name on the spur of the moment, but prior to that, they have many other names, such as the Tea Party Set, the Mega Dust, the Ab Dubs, the Screaming Ab Dubs. Then we have the Pink Floyd song, which was later cut short to the Pink Floyd. Next, I want to talk about each of the albums, starting from first to last. We have a Power of the Gates Dawn from the first album. This was their first recording in the album. It was released August 5th, 1967 by Ian by Columbia Records. It was the only album made under Sid Barrett's leadership. It takes the title from the chapter 7 of Kenneth Graham's novel in 1908, The Wind of the Willows. It refers to the nature god Pan. It was recorded at EMI Studios in London on February to May 1967. Even though Sid Barrett was the primary songwriter, he was also the lead vocalist and guitarist for the band. Norman Smith would also go on to produce two more albums with Pink Floyd. In the United States, in October, the album was released in Tower Records with an auction chart listing that omitted three songs, including the UK album single, CMLE Play. In the UK, no album singles were released. However, in the US, Flaming was offered as a single. Two of songs, Astronomy Domine, and Interstellar became long-term mainstays of the band's live set list. In 1973, the album was packaged with the band's second album, Salsa Secrets, in 1968. Releases a nice part to introduce new fans to the band's early work after the success of The Dark Side of the Moon in 1973. This album ranks number 347 on Rolling Stones magazine's list of 500 greatest albums of all time, and number 253 in the 2020 edition. The next album on our list, we have A Salsa Full of Secrets. This album was released on June 29, 1968 by EMI Columbia in the United Kingdom and July 27, 1968 by Tower Records in the U.S. While Pink Floyd's album, Proper the Gates Dawn, had been driven by Barrett as band's leader and pinchable songwriter, A Salsa Full of Secrets drew more diverse influences with every member contributing to songwriting lead vocals. Gilmore also appeared on, on all but two songs. A Salsa Four Secrets reached number nine in the UK charts, but did not reach in the US charts until April 2019, peaking at number 158. The album received mostly positive reviews. The many critics have determined it inferior to the proper at the gates of dawn. Before we go any further, I'd like to take a quick music break, uh, followed by a short trivia question. The question is, what is Sid Barrett's real name?
The answer to the trivia question is Roger Keith Barrett was his real name. Now I'd like to finish talking about the albums. Starting with the Sauce Four Secrets. The Sauce Four Secrets was released June 29, 1968 by Ian Columbia in the United Kingdom and on July 27, 1968 in the United States by Tower Records. During the recording of this album, the mental health of Sid Barrett, the lead singer of the group, started to decline. David Gilmore had to replace Sibir. David Gilmore only appeared in two songs on the album. This album drew more diverse influences. Set the controls for the harder and so was the only song that all the members were performing all together. The Sauce Four Secrets reached number nine on the UK charts but did not chart in the US until April 2019. Peaking at number 158. On the Rolling Stones' greatest albums of all time. The next album on our list is More, which was released in 1969. On June 13th by EMI Columbia and on August 9th, 1969 in the United States by Tower Records. The soundtrack is for the film of the same name. The album was a top 10 hit in the UK for received mixed reviews. Several songs became live favorites over the following years. Like other Pink Floyd albums, it has been reissued on CD with additional material and outtakes. Then we have another album released the same year called Amagama, which is a fourth studio album by Pink Floyd. It's a double album and was released on November 7th, 1969 by Harvest Records. The first disc consists of live recordings from concerts at Mother's Club in Birmingham and the College of Commerce in Manchester that contained part of their normal set of lists at the time. While the second contained solo compositions by each member of the band recorded at Abbey Road Studios. This album was the last album cover to feature the band. It was well received at the time of its release. It was the top five hit in the UK album charts. It has since been looked upon as unfavorably by the band, who have expressed negative opinions about it in their interviews. In 1970, Adam Hart Brother was released, which was the fifth studio album by Pink Floyd. It was released October 2nd, 1970 by Harvest Records and October 10th in 1970 in the U.S. by Capitol. It was recorded at Abbey Road Studios in London, England. It was the band's first album to reach number one in the U.K., while it reached number 55 in the U.S., eventually going gold there. A remastered CD was released in 1994 in the U.K. and the United States and again in 2011. Before we go any further, I'd like to take another trivia question in the music break. The true question is, what year did David Gilmore join Pink Floyd? The answer after this break.
Pokemon told that music worked. The answer to the true question is 1968 was when David Gilmore joined. This next song was when their true creator side really started to show. And the album was Metal, which is the sixth studio album by Pink Floyd. It was released on October 31st, 1971 by Harvest Records. With no material to work with and no clear idea of the album's direction, the band devised a series of novel experiments with eventually inspired the album's signature track, Echoes. Although the band's later albums would be unified by a central theme, with lyrics written by entirely by Roger Waters, Metal was a group of effort and lyrical contributions from each member. It's considered the transitional album between Sibir's influential group in the late 60s and emerging Pink Floyd. The cover has been explained by its creator, Storm Thurgerson, to be an ear underwater, as with several previous albums designed by the hypnosis through Thurgerson's was unhappy with the final result. The album was well received by critics upon its release and was commercially successful in the United Kingdom, but luxury publicity on the part of the band's American label, Capital Records, lit a poor sells there upon initial release. There were two singles that came from metal. One of these days, released on November 29, 1971, and Echoes. Now we're going to Obscure by Clouds in 1972. Obscure by Clouds is the 7th studio album by Pink Floyd, released on June 2, 1972 by Harvest and Capitol Records. The album is shorter than some of their previous material, and makes heavy use of the acoustic guitar. This album reached number 6 in the UK and number 46 in the US. Retrospective opinions from both fans and critics have been mixed, with some critics nothing in similarities to their later material. Finally, we get to the band's most popular and credited album, Dark Side of the Moon. It was their eighth studio album by Pink Floyd, released on March 1st, 1973 by Harvest Records. It was primarily developed during live performances. The band premiered an early version of the record several months before recording began. The song was focused on the pressures faced by the band during their artist's lost soul and dealing with the apparent mental health problems suffered by a former band member Severe who departed the group in 1968. New material was recorded in two sessions in 1972-1973 at Abbey Road Studios in London. The group employed multi-track recording tape loops and analog synthesizers, including experimentation with the EMS VCS-3 and a Synthia. Alan Persons was the engineer and responsible for many sonic aspects of the recruitment of singer Claire Torrey, who appears on The Great Gig in the Sky. As the concept of the themes of the Dark Side of the Moon is for conflict, greed, time, death, and mental illness. The Dark Side of the Moon is among the most critically acclaimed records in history, often featuring on um, professional listings and the greatest albums. This record helped propel Pink Floyd into international fame, bringing wealth and recognition to all four members. It also propelled record sales throughout the music industry during the 70s. It's certified 14 times platinum in the United Kingdom and taught to Billboard top LPs and tapes chart, where it charted number, number 957 weeks sold. Successful on one of the best selling albums worldwide. In 2020, it was selected for preservation in the United States National recording registry by the Library of Congress for being deemed culturally, historically, and aesthetically significant. Four singles came out of the album Dark Side of the Moon, Money, Any Color You Like, Us and Them, and Time. 
Now let's take another music break and truly question. Here's the question. What was Nick Mason's other hobby other than making music? Hope you all enjoyed that music part. The answers to the trivia questions using the motor car racing. Now about to the albums. The next album on our list is Wish You Were Here by Pink Floyd. It's the ninth studio album released on September 12th, 1975 through Harvest Records and Columbia Records. The album's themes include attacks on the music business and alienation and a tribute to a founding member, Sid Barrett, who left seven years earlier with deterioration mental health. Just like Die Hard on the Moon, Wish You Were Here used effects and synthesizers. Guest singers included Roy Hopper, who provided the lead vocals on Have a Cigar, and Vanetta Fields, who added backing vocals to Sean and Crazy Diamond. To promote the album, the band released a side single Have a Cigar slash Welcome to the Machine. Wish You Were Here received mixed reviews from critics on the release. We found the music uninspiring and inferior to their critical album claim. It was signed by the keyboardist Richard Bright, guitarist David Gilmore as their favorite Pink Floyd album. It had reached number one in the US and UK and Harvest parent company EMI was unable to keep up with the demand. Since then, 20 million copies have sold all over the world. We have a few more albums on our list. The next one is Animals by Pink Floyd. It's a 10th studio album. Released on January 21st, 1977 through Harvest and Columbia Records. The album continues the long-form compositions that made up the previous works, including Wish You Were Here in 1975. The album received positive reviews from critics and commercially successful, reached number two in the UK and number three in the USA. Animals is both a progressive rock album and concept album. It focuses on the political conditions of the mid-1970s Britain. It was a change from the style of the earlier work. Tensions within the band was brought about by the keyboardist Richard Wright being fired two years later. The album was conceived by the band's bassist Roger Waters and was designed by the longtime collaborator Sean Thurston. The band released no singles from the record but promoted it through the In the Flesh tour. The next album would prove to be even better which this album was called The Wall. 
It's the 11th studio album by Pink Floyd. Released on November 30th, 1979 by Harvest and Columbia Records. It's a rock opera that exports Pink, a jaded rock star whose eventual self-imposed isolation from society forms a wall. It's hot in the U.S. charts for 15 weeks. It reached number three in the U.K. But in industry, you see mixed reviews from critics. Many of whom found it was overblown and pretentious, but later received accolades as one of the greatest albums of all time. This album produced three singles. Another Brick in the Wall, Part 2, Run Like Hell and Comfortably Numb from 1980 to 1981. Pink Floyd performed the full album on tour, featured elaborate theatrical effects. In 1982, The Wall was adapted into a feature film, which Waters wrote the screenplay. It's the second best-selling album besides Dark Side of the Moon, and one of the best-selling albums in the band's catalog of all time. Now let's go into another trivia question and music break. So here's the question. What shocking thing did Roger Waters do in 1977? The answer after this music break. true question is he sped in a fan's face only a few more albums left we have next on the list is the least of their favorite albums the final cut it was a 12th video album by pink floyd released on march 21st 1983 through harvest and columbia records it compromises unused material from the previous work the wall alongside new material recorded in 1982 Richard Wright was fired during this time. Watch Riders accused Rick Wright of uh, not contributing to the band during the wall, while Nick Mason's contributions only included sound effects on that album. It was a concept on that explored what Roger Riders felt how his father died in the Second World War. Waters provided the lead vocalist for all but one track, and he is credited for all his songwriting. Donaldson was accompanied by a short film release later that year. The final cut was a commercial success, reaching number one in the UK and number six in the US. 
Now I come down to our last three albums. Next one we have is Momentary Lapse of Reason, which is the first album without their bassist guitar player, Roger Waters, who had left the band in 1985. A Momentary Lapse of Reason is the 13th studio album by Pink Floyd, released in UK on September 7th, 1987, by EMI the following day in the US on, on Columbia. She was married by legal rights due to Roger Waters, who departed in 1985, being sued by Roger Waters, and also a returning member of Pink Floyd, Richard Wright, who had re resigned from the band under pressure from Waters during the recording of The Wall. Unlike other Pink Floyd albums before, A Momentary Lapse is not a concept album. It includes writing contributions from David Gilmour's Decision to include material once intended for his third solo album. The album was promoted with successful world tour and three singles. A double A side, Learning to Fly, Terminal Frost, and On the Turning Way, and One Slip. A momentary last version received mixed reviews. Some critics praised the production and instrumentation, but criticized Gilmore's writing. And it was derided by Waters. Original number three in the UK and US and also Pink Floyd's previous album, The Final Cut. The next to the last album is The Division Bowl. It's the 14th studio album by Pink Floyd, progressive rock band, and was released on March 28, 1994 by EMI Records in the United Kingdom, and April 4th by Columbia Records in the United States. Recording took place in locations including the band's Bruttiano Row Studios and Gilmore's Hospital, the Osteria. The production team included longtime Pink Floyd collaborators, such as producer Bob Ezrin and Andy Jackson, saxophonist Dick Perry, and bassist Guy Pratt. The Division Bell received mixed reviews also, but reached number one in more than 10 countries, including the UK and the US, and it was certified double platinum in the US. The year it was released, triple platinum in 1999. It was followed by a tour of the US and Europe. The Division Bell became part of Pink Floyd's next album, The Endless River, 2014. Some material was also released in the later years, 2019 box set. Last but not least, we come down to the final album, which is Endless River. It's a 15th pseudo album by Pink Floyd, released on November 14th by Parlophone Records in Europe and Club Records in the rest of the world. It was the third studio album by Pink Floyd, recorded under the leadership of David Gilmore after the departure of bassist Roger Waters in 1985, and also the first following the death of 2008. The Endless River was promoted with a lot of the words, single, and artwork installations in cities around the world. It became the most pre-ordered album of all time on the Amazon UK. And it debuted at number one in several countries. This album received mixed reviews. Some critics praised the nostalgic mood, while others found it unambitious and meandering. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you all enjoyed. And be sure to stay tuned for next week's podcast. We'll be talking about the Beatles, so I hope to catch you all then. We'll